podcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why Volcastron is a combination of spite and the Streisand effect because um, I'm wearing a blue hat. I'm wearing a blue hat. Fuck off. Hey, Red, you <laughs> suck blue rules. Sorry, sorry. Part Those of, of you uh, who don't know where that's from, you rock. I, I, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder if I should tell you what I saw in the mall a couple of weeks ago. Uh, no, no, not not just yet. Let's no, finish this intro. Sorry. Part of this follow through with the old dad is sometimes journeys. God damn it, woman! Really, you make me self conscious, and and then the whole thing just goes. You know what? That's it. Good night, everybody. Thanks for showing up for the. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be one of those nights. It's gonna be one of those nights. So. Yes, it, it's it's us. We're back from uh, a week off. I'll, I'll explain about that in a couple of moments. Don't worry about it. We've got a little bit of a, a weird setup, and I'll, I'll explain in a couple of seconds. As usual, top left-hand corner, bingo card of North America. Good evening, Dallin. Good evening. Somewhere somewhat south of there in the Midwest of the U.S. Good evening, Bridget. Good evening. South of me into, oh, my God, somebody stole my bread Pittsburgh, good morning, Joey. Thank <laughs> yourself. And just outside of, oh my God, do we really have to let him back again? Otherwise known as Washington, D.C., good morning on Renault Tech. You know, just because I border D.C. doesn't mean I'm actually in D.C. All right. I know. So, look, yeah, if I can put. Keep bringing up, it's, it's like. Pulling the Band-Aid off, off a cut and then putting it back and then pulling it off again and then putting it back and pulling it off again. Like, can we just staple the wound shut now, please? No, because I'm a sadist. Screw you. Yeah, Joe. All I can say to uh, Tech on that subject is if I can go ahead and stick Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on my as as my address and still get my mail... You're screwed. You're welcome. You're in well, DC. You know what? I got two words for you. Plumbers kill. We'll try not to explain that to everybody later. Uh, so let me let me really quickly explain uh, uh, what happened uh, last week. As you guys know for well, I was in Pittsburgh for Anthropocon, uh, and I gave Joey a little bit of uh, a little bit of time uh, for dinner. Uh, which was um, kitschy. I think it's probably the right word for it. Yeah, yeah. kitschy. I suppose that's reasonable. Yeah. Oh, was that the place you were talking about last night? Yes, I don't know. I don't. So those of you that remember that, you're old. That's the one. And put it together. What have you got? You've got dinner. Oh my God! Book it about. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so not, last weekend, yeah, not for the faint of stomach. No, 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 no. And funny enough, right, a uh, couple of doors down from that was um, Texas to Brazil. So and Hard Rock Cafe and Joe's Crab Shack and oh, so you guys were down Riverside. Okay, I I, I know the locale, just not quite the place you're talking about. It, but yeah. yeah, well, that particular region of Pittsburgh proper is referred to as Station Square. Yes, been there many a time. Uh, met the human selfie stick there, there. Yes, very very nice uh, part of town actually. Yeah, 
Um, I love it at night because you get the get the retro music with that fountain going there at night. Uh-huh. That is that is totally awesome. Very much. And uh, so, yeah, we got the chance to uh, of having dinner because I wanted to go. I've been I've been wanting to go to Buca Beppo again since years gone by. Uh, there was a place up over here in Buffalo that had since closed. And when I mentioned it to one of the guys over there in Pittsburgh, I mentioned about it and he named the proper town name and pronounced it correctly. So I was just like, okay, this guy either worked there, lived up there, or was really paying attention to the company memos about where all of the places used to be. So whoever you were, dude, well done. But um, yeah, so short version, what ended up happening last week was think comedy of errors is basically what ended up happening so uh show did not happen last week you did not miss out on it i did not miss out on it and i don't have to come back and say how much did you break my show so you know we're we're, we're all good we're all good it's fine don't worry about it and i mean let's face it a week off every once in a while eh, it happens and i mean really you're getting what you pay for it so you know it, it, it's it's whatever it is anyway so as always, thank you guys for hanging out with us. Yes, I'm kind of working with the the contacts and and the glasses at the same time. I'm not I'm not feeling real comfortable right now with the contacts. It's a little weird on me. Anyway, for those of you that are watching, of course, live, thank you. Please take advantage of the live chat somewhere on your screen. I don't know. I don't care where it is. It's if you know where it is, thank you. So uh, at the moment, Stephanie and Felis, thank you guys nice to have you and uh if you want to chime in by all means feel free at any time you can go ahead and uh, let us know what you're thinking we do pay good close attention to all that because um i don't know because vanity i guess i, I don't I can't, I can't think of anything else <laughs> i mean well we could we get you know individual ones of us get asked stuff once in a while vanities vanity <laughs> is good motivate motivation i swear to you this is tang. There's no alcohol involved. Motivation. God. It's going to be one of those nights, man. It's okay, Shoot. We believe you. You do. And thank you. Oh, and, and Trippin. I did see over there. Thank you. Ah, uh, drinky poo is good. See, this is like real drinky poo as opposed to match game PM drinky poo. Those of you that know what I'm talking about know full well. Yeah, vodka looks a lot like um, water on camera, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Uh, So anyway. Golden age. Yes, it is. So let me go ahead and get everything rolling over here because we got stuff to talk about that is not exactly philosophy and definitely not atheism. It's much more a matter of sociology for a change. But it was one kind. of those things. Yeah, but but the good kind, folks. Let's let's uh, let's be clear. Yeah, I was uh, I I was trying to figure out what to talk about, and this kind of just kind of fell in my lap. Uh, yeah, I think I may be kind of rehashing old ground, but you know, whatever it doesn't really much matter. So let me get you guys rolling over here. So with five minutes on the clock, you're. Uh, your five minute freestyle starts now. It's titled "Weird Like Me." Uh yeah. There's there's an expression, family of choice. 
Wow, man, ain't, ain't that the truth? When I originally went down to Pittsburgh for Anthrocon, which was 2007, I, I've told this story many a time. I was told to go down. That was not requested. I was told. It was two years after my wife had died, and a buddy of mine told me, get, get down to Tribble somewhere and, and come down for a weekend. It's okay. At the time, it was 5,000 close, warm, personal friends that I had never known that I just didn't know yet. And now it's over 8,000, which is a sizable number. Don't get me wrong. It's kind of, um, it's kind of cool. It's a little overwhelming at times to think about the number of people that I know. And I don't, by any stretch of the imagination, I, I do not believe for an instant that I know all 8,000 people going to Anthrocon. I mean, that's, that's absolutely insane. I don't know the 15-ish hundred people going to, sorry, 17, it was a little over 1,700 people going to Fernal Equinox in Toronto. I don't know them all. And I don't expect that I ever would. But I know some of them. I know artists. I know security. I know people in charge of running the con. I, in, in the case of Fernal Equinox, they've basically made me quote-unquote staff. And the only reason why they gave me that title is because I was, I have been helping and volunteering my time so much that I earn enough to go back, you know, and, and have my ticket paid for. Not the hotel bill, but you know, the ticket. So you know, that's always good. But these are weirdos like me. People who enjoy whatever, whatever fringe item it is, the, the creative stuff. And remember, there are freaks weirdos like me in a lot of different respects. I mean, I've gone to science fiction conventions where Star Trek, of course, was you know the big draw because, I mean, Star Trek. I've been to a wine tasting where, well, it was, you know, it's, it's about wine. I've been to two different fur cons. And it helped me in ways that I can't begin to describe. Part of it is social, admittedly. Part of it is emotional. But a good portion of it is just understanding that just because I have this hole in my soul, not that I believe I have a soul, but you get the idea, that I have people that willingly would call me family of choice. And I don't begin to remember who they all are. I'm never going to remember them all. But this past weekend, I was proud enough to be able to say that I spent a really good amount of time with some really good people. As Joey will love vouch, I almost spent Saturday morning with 60 people. Almost. 
or at least that's what it was looking like. Fortunately, it wasn't. But only because there were a lot of people that were really interested in what I was doing. And even though it was roughly a dozen that showed up, it didn't change the fact that I was very proud to think that maybe there's a bunch of people that are weird like me that wanted to spend Saturday morning hurting from walking around, tired as all hell because didn't get enough sleep, and just happy to be together, to spend morning doing nothing other than just being weird together. This is a little piece of what I would like to call the family of choice. Do I recognize each and every one of them and remember who all of their names are? No. But when it comes down to it, is it really going to matter? We have family out there. And I'm very proud to say that they're part of mine. It's episode 218 on the docket, Your Honor. Not real friends. I, you know, I I know full well that I'm probably over, you know, going over stuff that we've probably talked about before, at least alluded to at times before. But, you know, after after getting together with folks, family of choice, friends that we don't get to see but once a year, you know, it, it, it seemed worthwhile to kind of go back through the idea of your friends, even if they are long distance, even if they are on the internet just because they're on the internet and they're just recycled photons, that what you feel for everybody that you encounter is real feelings. And some people who poo-poo the whole thing and say that internet friends aren't real friend, real friends. Yeah, they've kind of forgotten that once upon a time there used to be pen pals and playing chess by mail. Mm. And the difference is now the ping times are a lot shorter. Mm-hmm. You don't need to necessarily use a stamp the way that you used to, but we're going to go through uh, a lot of that because, you know, feelings freaking matter. Normally about this point, I'd have heretic woman, you know, chiming in with me, but being that she's probably um, watching gentleman Fry talk to her, bitch, that's fine. You want to, you know what? He's, <laughs> he's old and decrepit and washed up. You should really be with us. The <clears throat> in the group, but you know what? Whatever. It's fine. He's nothing without Lori. You know that. So with that, I don't have any news at the moment on Rafe Badawi. Uh, I didn't get the opportunity of really checking because the reasons. However, I also don't have new information that is suddenly plastered all over the place like he's been set free. Which would get through pretty much everything. So to that end, as of the recording of tonight's show, it is now six years, 28 days, since Rafe Badawi was unjustly incarcerated for thought crime, our hopes and our thoughts are still with you and your family. We're still waiting. 
So, I'm sorry. I was just really quick trying to catch up on the on the stuff over here, and uh, Trippin's trying to have a little fun at uh, at my expense. Would it be electrons since we get to hear, see, read them by electric and dives behind the couch? Uh, Trippin, uh, no, uh, that would be a transducer causing vibrations. You know what transducers causing vibrations are good for, right? Good on you. That's good. I can get away with that one. That's scientific terminology. Uh, that's as far as I'm going with that before I start getting season and desist letters from anybody. So, yeah. Um, so, I had also made reference in the uh, uh, in the show notes to uh, a TV show called Big Blue Marble. Am I the only one that remembers that, or does anybody else? Does that like ring a bell to anybody else? Sorry. Well, I'm staying awake purely based on caffeine right now, so it doesn't ring a bell. Okay, it's fine. It sounds like something I would have watched growing up as a kid, though. Because I yeah. liked a lot of the the sciencey stuff, the stuff about the planet, and the stuff about how things work, stuff about stars. So if it was something based on that, it was probably something I saw. It would have been. Uh, Big Blue Marble was uh, a thing back in the 70s. And the idea, well, let me let me read part of the, let me read the lyrics to the opening song and maybe kind of get an idea for it. Reminding you that this was the mid-70s. The Earth's, <laughs> the Earth's a big blue marble when you see it from out there. Closer, getting closer. Perspectives start to change. Things look a little strange as we get closer. Closer, growing closer. No need to be afraid. Our troubles start to fade as we get closer. Together is a word we must learn to understand if we ever want to get to know each other better. Together is a word that holds tomorrow in its hand. Tomorrow's just another day to get together and get closer. Get closer. The idea was that every week there would be a new group that would be, well, I guess you could say highlighted. You'd learn a little bit more about the culture, a little bit about the language, about where they live, how they're different from everybody else that's out there on the planet. Because, yeah, every culture has its unique properties, but ultimately the message was, we're all still human. We all still laugh. We all still play music. We learn. We eat. We grow. We die. But ultimately, we're all on spaceship Earth, man. There's, there's not much that you can do about it. And if we want to continue to live and grow as a species, we need to be willing to embrace the knowledge of who we all are culturally as well as personally. And I think that was one of those things that in the 70s was the shining star societally. Yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff was, look at how different everybody is compared to us here in the United States. I mean, it was made for a, a U.S. audience, basically. But I mean, that was that was something worthwhile to me. I really enjoyed the hell out of that because as a kid, 
I've had to learn about everywhere and everyone to a degree without needing to necessarily leave home. Or even visiting a library. True. But then again, there's only so much that you can learn in the library from just the books themselves. No, what I meant was is that being a television program, you could do it from the comfort of your own home without even having to trek over to the library. Shows like this. Shows like Big Blue Marble allowed you to see things, what was going on around you. Uh, the um, What was that... Uh, uh, Animal, not Animal Planet, um, National Geographic and other such programs allowed you to see different things going on in the world without having to actually leave the privacy and comfort of your own home. And that the more of these came about, the more we could actually, as we were growing up and watching these things, feel more connected around, with the world around us. Now we're so interconnected, it's like over, it's overkill. To a point where you actually have to learn to set up your own filters now. Yeah, there is there is that to a certain degree. Uh, Joe, was there something you were going to say? Uh, well, you had mentioned the whole pen pal thing. Yep, and there's uh, more to go along with that too. Yes, I don't I don't know how many of you were. Well, I'm pretty sure none of you were, but. For our listeners out there, I don't know how many of you would have been uh, in the uh, K through 12 period of your life uh, in the 80s and or late 80s, early 90s. But you might remember something called the uh, Sister City program. Uh, I, well, I assume that's what it was called. That's what we called it at my school. But, you know, the idea being that you would have some foreign city that your township had some connection with and mm -hmm. generally speaking the schools would organize like pen pal things between students from the different cities we had two of them uh one was in australia i don't remember what the city was uh, likewise i don't remember which one it was but uh we also had one in japan and I do remember right uh, every week we write uh, write letters back and forth. Um, my my pen pals were Oshi and uh, Tyler. Yep. And uh, uh, we were. Enough. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say uh, no. We didn't have that uh, where I was growing up in New York. Uh, in in they had us instead uh, writing to local government officials to get to tell them about the things that we felt were important to us even though that we weren't old enough to vote uh, our teachers felt it was important that the children should be heard by their public officials and um i remember that uh, for some of the ones that i wrote i actually got a lot more responses back because i'd think about what I felt was important and then lay it out on paper um, and saying what I felt was important. Whereas a lot of the other kids wrote things like, how are you? And what's it like? And just, you know, the simple stuff that a lot of children would ask. And I'd be thinking about, 
well, you know, how's you know my buddy up my buddy up the street? He's in a bad way, you know, and they've got bad pipes, you know, from the last whatever. You know, so I'd write th about things like that, and I'd actually get some some interesting responses. And I even met one of them at a hockey game. He was sitting. Uh, the guy was uh, just local representative. Forget his name. Uh, I was never good with names anyway. And he was sitting two rows in front of me. And my dad had recognized him because my my dad and mom actually pay attention to politics and politicians, their faces, their names, all that, and are good with it. And my dad said, didn't you write to a Mr. So-and-so? I was like, yeah. And he's like, he's right there. Why don't you go say hi? <laughs> <laughs> Which surprised the heck out of that guy. He's like, oh, you're one of the guys that writes me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We had... Um... We didn't have sister sister cities where I where I went to school, but uh, we did have a pen pal program. Um, I ended up uh, exchanging letters with let's see, there was somebody from England, um, somebody from New York. Um, yeah, she was. Uh, I think she was my first encounter with somebody who was a bit of a. Uh, I guess these days, well, back then, I guess we would have considered them uh, a remnant of the flower child generation. Um, she had, I'd written, she'd written me, then I wrote her, and then she sends back this, a letter with a whole bunch of posters, you know, in one of those little cardboard tubes. And it was a bunch of uh, anti-smoking propaganda. Because what she found out, like, uh, I guess the paper that I'd sent her had uh, the smell of tobacco on it because my dad was a smoker. Mm -hmm. And she decided to get all, you know, high and mighty in my face. And even back then, I was just like, bitch, I don't think so. Um, but then I also ended up writing a guy uh, in the Philippines. Um, sadly, there there were no ever, I mean, it, it lasted one or two times, um, but it just kind of petered out after that. But, you know, I, I still get it. There was, um, there were definitely efforts to make connections, you know, in, in those days. Yeah, um, Bridget, I don't. I know I, I I didn't hear you muttering or anything yet, but I <laughs> I didn't want to just all of a sudden just jump in there and not give you the chance. Um, I mean, you are still one of the younger ones. Yeah, uh, sort of. I'm going with that. I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> you know, you, you try you try you try to be nice. People, they don't care. They don't care. Anyway, yeah. was there something that you wanted to? No, I mean, this doesn't have really anything to do with uh, pen pals per se. It's uh, okay. I ended up making a lot of friends when I got older through uh, Usenet. If anybody remembers that. I <laughs> remember that. Oh, yeah. And funny enough, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hit that in, in, a, in a second, as a matter of fact. I met a lot of friends on internet relay chat service across the world. Oh, IRC was just invaluable, especially when I was in labor with my daughter. That helped me get through labor without killing people. That <laughs> <laughs> was one of those elitist assholes. I used Perch instead of Merc. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. See, I um, when I was in university, uh, bulletin boards were the big thing, the BBS services. Mm-hmm. You know, where you'd tie up your phone line with uh, with one person, 
And I remember there used to be a client, like you could subscribe to message threads on these BBSs. Mm -hmm. And I think within, within the year that I was really like heavy into them, uh, I found a service, I think it was called Blue Wave. And what it, what it allowed you to do is you could download all the messages from your subscribed threads into a file that you could open offline on your computer, answer the messages you wanted, uh, put in your own taglines because that was the big thing. You know, everybody's trying to be witty. Mm -hmm. um, I, I still think my favorite one was, uh, no, no, Toto, don't cross the street. Watch out for the no terrier. Just let that one sink in. Um, <laughs> I got it. But then the next time you go onto that uh, forum, you could upload your messages, download your new ones, and just keep going. And that way you're not tying up your phone line for hours and hours at a time. Um, I met, well, when I was at university in Saskatoon, I met uh, a lot of people, uh, even had the chance to do some face-to-face -face with them uh, after a while. Um, kind of interesting uh, group of people. I, I think that's where I finally realized that, um, you know, the people that do spend all that time in front of their computer, uh, the, right the phrase, yeah, yeah, I know, but so am I, but the phrase not quite normal started coming into my head because, <laughs> because no, just, I met some pretty interesting specimens of the spectrum of humanity. They just leave it at that. Yeah. Funny enough with the, what was just being brought up as far as to BBSs, uh, predates a lot of the stuff that we otherwise think of as the quote unquote modern internet age. As a matter of fact, on uh, Facebook, I got in touch with a buddy of mine that once upon a time in the late 80s had his own BBS that he had set up with a phone line and everything. Um, I think the statute of limitations is expired on some of the stuff that I might mention about. But anyway, uh, he ran two different versions of, uh, of software. One was called After Images. And another one was called Iron Fortress. And one of the things that he told me about it back in the day, which was amazing, because these were 300 baud modems using ANSI graphics on the screen for yourself, for those of you that remember how this works. Uh, what was fascinating to me was it was set up so that at, at the end of the day, you know, like at night when phone costs went down, Kids ask your parents about that after right. nine o'clock dialing. Not, not just for home phones, cell phones too. Eventually, when they first came out, uh, eighty late eighties cell phone. What? <laughs> right, exactly. The only, <laughs> the only thing that was available was a bag phone and a and, and the brick phone that was about the size of my mug. Right about. You. I'm talking about yeah. when they got a little bit smaller. They did have plans where if you dialed after certain hours, you got discounts. Well, yeah, true, but uh, damn it, I just I just realized, yeah, the the old Motorola brick phones were about the size of this. Fuck, <laughs> wow, dude, uh, I got anyway. my old AT and T one in my sock drawer, so I mean, it, it looks like it's if you fold it open, it looks like it's a chair designed for a midget. What you've got in your <laughs> sock drawer, I really don't. Um, know. The, the the deal of it was that sorry, at night. <laughs> yes, we Joe. prefer. I, I believe uh, we have to go ahead and uh, say a little thing about, you know, we prefer the term little people. Oh, it's just a wee little person. 
we'll, we'll yeah we'll go we'll go with that anyway the, the the point if it was at like some stupid dark morning hour his phone line his his bbs would automatically dial into another computer and i vaguely remember this part i asked him about it i i don't i don't think i asked this part but it was a very rudimentary networking system mm -hmm. whereby the messages on his computer which i think was like an atari st or whatever the hell it was would dial no he was running off of a commie 64 if i remember right oh hell anyway would dial into whoever's wherever the hell it was and they would exchange messages over there so that locally he would have whatever his newest stuff for another day and that's the way that it worked now reminding you this was consumer grade this was kids doing a lot of this yeah. stuff and some really really smart programming that went along with it too mm -hmm. oh i had a um uh, i had a friend in college like uh Oh, okay. A bit of my history. University didn't quite work out for me. So that's when I came west to Calgary uh, after after realizing a four-year mistake. But um, I met another BBS proprietor out here, and he was a bit of what you'd call a technophile. Um, he would collect parts uh, from, like, if, if he had a friend who was getting rid of a computer, he'd actually take it off his hands, maybe trade a few bucks for it. Um and he would rebuild these things uh, so that his his BBS actually was being hosted on a, I think by the time I, the last time I saw him, it was running on a four or five uh, server farm. Now, granted, like you said, these servers were definitely consumer grade, but, um, you know, this was maybe a year after the first web browser popped into existence, the, the original like mosaic version 1.0, um, which a buddy of mine actually sent me and said, Hey, check this out. Uh, I hear the internet's going this way. I'm not, and my first thought was, yeah, right. But what's this going to do? A few years later, <laughs> if only you realized. Oh yeah. If, uh, if only I'd known. Um, although, I think I was actually the first person in my class to do any kind of decent HTML back in the day, but another story entirely. Um, but uh, yeah, like just the, the amount of work he put into it. Um, he actually got, uh, he, he, he got pissed off at me because I was trying to hook into his uh, network with a slow modem. Uh, the first <laughs> time he, he breaks into the chat and he says, um, you might want to think about increasing your modem speed. I'm like, well, why is that? He says, well, you're kind of tying up my phone line. I'm like, well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, back then, um, like I was I was running a 2400 baud, which was like standard, you know, two years before that. Um, you know, in the 14.4, you know, 14.4 kilobits or whatever. That was that was some kind of pinnacle, and even then, walking, going into a computer store to find that modem, and looking at the prices, yeah, like I honestly, short of a video card, I don't think there's a um, I don't think there's a peripheral device you can buy for a computer nowadays that would cost as much as those things did. I remember having to save up for like two months. Uh, to get that uh, modem and then finding out that um, 
it was external. So it was going in through my serial port. It turns out the serial port I had was a piece of crap. The whole UART thing wasn't set properly or it was actually too slow. And then, you know, thus began my journey into the world of messing around with computer hardware. And I've never looked back. Now there's something else that was also mentioned. Uh, party lines. Well, party oh, lines yeah. was, was something that was mentioned also, but uh, who was that? Felis had also put up a, another piece over here, which I was also going to hit the CB radio craze, actually the double craze because you had the first hit in the seventies because I mean, smoke in the bandit. I mean, come on, come on. <laughs> and then, um, and then come the, uh, the mid eighties, it kind of flashed up again. And that was, that was something that I did. Matter of fact, I still have, yeah, I still have over in the corner over there, my originally bought, <clears throat> remember how I said statue of limitations? Mm. A, some people will understand this. Some people are going to go, uh, this is gobbledygook. A Cobra 148 GTL completely unlocked and specced up. It is a completely illegal radio at this point to use because it's been, uh, it's been, it's had the, the transmitter and receiver completely opened up into areas that kind of go into the ham radio bands. And the power has been increased that it's really not supposed to do. So, um, truth be told, I have not used it in decades. Truth. Honest truth. But uh, I've, I've still got it because, I mean, what, what, what am I going to do with it? But... The CB craze is, you know, another one of those things where some guys would gather into social circles because, you know, they they liked it, they had fun with it, they talked, they kissed each other off, whatever. Uh, there there were minor amounts of, um, I I don't know what the right terminology would be for it, but uh, there there are minor amounts of naughty that you could get away with. For instance, if you had not that I'm saying anybody would do this, mind you. But if you had somebody that had a CB like this one with a uh, a um, power amplifier to run it from, let's say, ten watts that it's not supposed to do up to an output of three hundred. What's that's not supposed to do something like that? I mean, I'm, hypothetically speaking, because I, I I don't know anybody that was able to have something like that. Um, and you just dead clicked the transmitter and drove at a stately twenty miles an hour down through the the row of houses and see which of the garage doors started to open because <laughs> they got overloaded. Yeah. We would never do that on Long Island. Absolutely never. Absolutely <laughs> never. Like I said, statute of limitations, man. Screw you. Yeah. Or like uh, phone freaking, where somebody would bust into like a t telephone switch box and, uh, yeah. Um, you know, place long distance calls to their friends, but it would be billed to somebody else's number. So yeah. suddenly the friend, you know, suddenly this somebody gets a, you know, a $300 phone bill 
uh, from the phone company and saying, well, you know, did you call this number in, in the States? You know, like, no, I don't know anybody there. I actually, I knew guys that used to do that. And, uh, I, I will swear on a stack. I, I never saw them do it. I only heard about it afterwards. Uh, yeah. Uh, how long has it been since 1986? Roughly. <laughs> Because I'm pretty sure statute of limitations on freaking is over from 32 then. years. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Sh- um, I may know somebody that could possibly have downloaded lists of MCI uh, account numbers. Mm. In, in, maybe? Yeah. But, but in any case, like, no, I, it's, it is kind of amazing that um, all that time ago, stuff like that. was able to be done you know i mean we we look at it now and everything's such a convenience i mean you can you you can spoof a number by just a couple of mouse clicks online you know i I actually do it all the time for work legally let's let me get that out there legally uh you know so that the so that the number somebody might get a call on their phone but when they look at the caller id the number it's showing is not the number that's actually being that's actually calling them you know, it's it's a customer thing that I, I deal with, but just to know that, uh, well, it's just it's come so far so fast. Yeah, and uh, there's also another piece that uh, Felis had also popped in over in here, and it's a term. It, it's not a technical term; it's a cultural term for the people that were playing around with CB radios, and the term is running skip. Okay. Now, the, okay, spoilers, for those of you that don't want the technical aspect, fast forward about mm, 20 seconds. The ionosphere of the planet, which is energized from the sun, is effectively a mirror to certain wavelengths of electromagnetic radio waves. So, with some times of the day, your CB radio which which is just a radio signal could literally bounce off of the ionosphere and come down at a different place on the planet depending as to how things are going it could be closer it could be further away it could be a couple of hops over but this is this is a naturally occurring phenomena and you can experience this one for yourself if you go out at night or you know as as you're starting to get into night in your car turn on the am radio and start tooling around until you hear a station that's not in where you would expect it should be and you hear it kind of wavering in and out and in and out and you will find out that you will be picking up a radio station from 300 miles 500 miles 1500 miles away that otherwise you shouldn't be able to hear that's the same kind of thing now for cb radio in the united states it's illegal to intentionally do that before anybody gives me shit about this i know about this because of the ham radio stuff i had to learn about it is illegal to do that with a cb radio intentionally you're only supposed to be talking within about roughly a 10-mile area. Roughly. But um, 
yeah, we know full well that we, we were able to do it anyway. And like I said, this is the thing that ham radio guys have done for, you know, years. You use this very same thing to talk around the planet and you never know who you're going to talk to. There were times where guys on the ham radio bands would end up talking to Barry freaking Goldwater. That Barry Goldwater, the, 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 the uh, politician, because he would just get on the radio and just talk to guys every once in a while and just get on and make contacts and, you know, cool. You can kind of do the same thing, well, a similar thing with the International Space Station when they're, you know, in their downtime, which, by the way, is freaking cool as hell. Wow. Yeah, they actually put the information out there to make it easy for people who want to do that. Oh, yeah. It, it, uh, they, the, the fact that a government agency actually encourages that out of people is awesome. It's like, look, here's something cool that you can do. You can do it with your kids. You can talk to people who are no longer on the planet and get reports of their direct observations directly from them just by following these simple steps. Yep. That's uh, freaking cool. Yes. Uh, and by the way, Trippin is also saying, seen a program where the feds would bounce signals off of craters on the moon. I got news for you. That's something that the ham radio community does on a regular basis. Oh, yeah. Um, I knew a ham radio operator. Um, he said something about sunspots, too. Yep. That, that on certain nights uh, with the sun, if, um, if there was a sunspot uh, facing the planet, uh, you'd actually be able to talk across the world or something like that. Exactly right, because wow. those uh, those sunspots uh, send out more more stuff, mm -hmm. and if that stuff ionizes the upper atmosphere again, the, the sorry the ionosphere more, that reflection gets stronger, so you can talk on a whole bunch of different frequencies, and two two items, and I'll get to you, Tech. Item one, meteor scatter does the same kind of thing if a meteor comes through the atmosphere it ionizes really really nasty hmm. and the guys who talk on what's called six meters the 55 megahertz band give or take they will they will use beam antennas and triangulate and figure out where it is by bouncing off of that streak and coming down on the other side to talk to people and they will triangulate on a map to figure out where all this was and the moon thing that's typically in the ham radio circles referred to as moon bounce or the more fun term EME, Earth, Moon, Earth. And by the way, trying to do voice communications by EME is the spookiest shit you can hear because it sounds almost like ghosts because it's not a smooth surface. You, It's, it's like trying to... If you were to take a record and blow it up really, really big and try to look at yourself in the grooves because it's shiny, it's like a funhouse mirror that's constantly warping the entire time. Sorry, Tech. Now, by all means. Oh, no. You're, you're fine. Um, I was only going to point out two piddly little things. Is that, uh, one, thanks to the way uh, NASA releases information, you can actually learn about... Uh, when projected sun sunspots are supposed to occur, which ones are currently occurring, and the projected t length of time. So you can actually, uh, you have all this available 
information, you can actually calculate this to enhance your experience. And then two, don't forget, you know, for anybody that's doing ham radio stuff, some of that stuff is escaping the atmosphere. And eventually, some other civilization may pick it up just like it picks up our television signals, radio and all the other fun stuff. So, uh, yeah, you might end up being immortalized in the, you know, by uh, some other species, other race. So be careful what you talk about. <laughs> yep. They may not want to know what you're doing with your drawer blocks. Actually, um, this place I used to live uh, a few years ago, my um, next door neighbor had a, um, he was a ham radio operator. And he had an antenna on the side of his house, a very long antenna. Um, and I talked to him about it um, because some people were saying, well, it was a housing co-op. I was on the board and people were saying that it was an eyesore. But the people who were saying it was an eyesore were assholes. Just, you know, these, no, these attention seeking um, wannabe soccer moms who have nothing better to do all day than to watch Jerry Springer and complain about the world around them because reasons. Yeah, Basically, no, I, another homeowners association with uh, people who didn't have anything better to do. Yeah, but the thing, is, the, the biggest thing is that uh, I had the authority, they didn't. <laughs> so, Lucky you. Well, and I was also the kind of person that, you know, you know, this is before I considered myself a critical thinker. Um, I wanted to seek out what was going on with these accusations. So I actually went and talked to the guy like face to face, even as chairman of the board, I wanted to know. So he explained he was a ham radio operator and I knew you were at the time, Shujin. Um, so he explained to me a bit about the antenna and I just remember looking and I was like, Jesus Christ, that thing's tall. Um, and some of the complaints were A, it was an eyesore, B, and it was interfering with some local phone lines, which, I mean, our phone company had gone out and run the inspection and they couldn't find anything. So they think the, the phone thing was a ruse to, you know, it's an eyesore. But my point, we got to talking about uh, some of the other, he actually had another piece of equipment in his house that he couldn't set up. It was another antenna, a bigger one. And it was one that looked like the old classic TV antennas that go on top of houses. You know, it's it's up and then it's got like the cross pieces. You know, like, yep. the, like the classic when you when you used to get stuff over the air and not by satellite dish. No, I I know what you're talking about. It, yeah. it kind of looks like a almost like it like it's a, a how do I best almost like it's a triangle. Yeah. Well, I, direction. I I couldn't tell you because I never saw it set up. Okay. And I asked him about it. Like, well, why don't you use that one? apparently like we lived very close to the airport mm -hmm. so close that if he actually did set it up, it would interfere with communications at the airport. It was that powerful. Um, we, and actually I did find out about two months later, he actually admitted to me. He said, I had another look at the, um, at the antenna. There was a crack in the casing. And it was causing Ooh. signal bleed, which was actually interfering with things around the place because so much power was being pumped through it. So sadly, he had to take it down. It really sucked because he was... Um, no, no, I don't think duct tape would have helped. No, crazy no, glue couldn't no, have helped his situation. No, no. But um, 
and this actually ties in a bit to to the show tonight is that he lost an outlet that he'd gotten used to to communicate with people whether or not they were face to face or whatever he lost that connection and he was not a very i actually watched his mood change over the the year or two that i was left there um well, why don't you just get the antenna fixed it's not exactly what you call cheap and we weren't exactly living in the ritz he was on uh he was on disability gotcha. um and i know how much people get on disability versus what the rent was there um and he didn't have any smaller antennas did he no nothing that would give i think he was able to do something where he could listen he could receive but couldn't transmit um but but still it's kind of like um you go from a telephone to a radio you know you can listen but you can't offer anything to the conversation you're you're, you're no stuck. longer a participant in yeah you're you're nothing more than a spectator and um you know i mean i've gone we've all gone without internet before um a lot of us here are old enough to remember what life was like before the internet yeah me too you know and you know guys like you know people my age we scoff at people who constantly have their face in their cell phones or their tablets you know needing to check facebook needing to like check social media but the thing is You know, we're suffering from the addiction as well. And I think, um, like, imagine revoking some, imagine revoking a kid's cell phone privileges for a month. Suddenly they can't get online. They can't communicate with their friends, as it were. That's got to be devastating now that I think about it. I'm, I'm glad that I'm. I mean, yes, I, I lament the fact that I don't have kids, but at the same time, I'm kind of glad that that's a situation I don't have to deal with. You know, there was a, um, oh, sorry, go ahead, Bridget. I, I was just, I was just chuckling at that. Uh, my daughter, when she was in high school, I grounded her and took her power cords, I took her phone, took everything. I thought she was going to die. But anyway, I'm done. So there was an article um, about a man who decided that he was going to make his house like the 1980s. And what he ended up doing was is uh, when people were outside the house, they could use their cell phones, they could access the internet, laptops, all that fun stuff. As soon as they walk in the door, they had to put all of their electronics in a basket. He even went out. His house ended up having a rotary phone. He had a VCR, an old-fashioned television, uh, antennas, the whole works. And um, after doing that for a while, what the results were was the fact that the kids, after finally getting accommodated to the whole mess, ended up uh, actually starting to improve their grades because, yeah, yeah, I'm. you'd think, oh, well, you know, they don't have access to the Internet, everything else. Well, what they did was is the, uh, the father had bought a giant set for encyclopedia, right? Just like a lot of us had growing up. 
-hmm. So they had reference material. If they needed something beyond that, they could go outside the home and go to the library and they could either use the laptop or the books or things like that. So he didn't cut them off completely from the world. So they ended up uh, spending more time focused on their studies rather than Facebook or Twitter or, or whatnot. Um, the family ended up spending more time together for dinner, uh, doing movies in front of the television together as a family, talking to each other. So it's not actually uh, truly harmful in the sense that it would make somebody, you know, die. But uh, because this is an environment where, you know, it's a family together doing the whole mess, not just a punishment towards one person being out where everybody else isn't. Yeah. And, um, you know, I also don't scoff at people who have their heads in their phones, depending on the situation, mind you, because I remember seeing people on the buses with their noses in newspapers and in books, you know, here you are. You could, you could be talking to your neighbor. Nope, nope. Reading the paper. Mm -mm, nope. You know, people had the paper folded up to the, you know, in a portable style to their favorite section, and they'd be walking and reading the paper. You know, it, it, there was the occasional person who walked into a telephone pole while reading the paper. You know, it, it didn't just happen on cell phones. Yeah. No, the, you're, you're right. You're right. It's, yeah. I, I guess, really the. Uh, We're seeing it through a different lens as we get older. Yeah. The, which means the get off my lawn. Yeah, the, the addiction is is there, has always been there, just the, the medium has changed. Right. And the medium, I will admit, is flashier. It's more up to date. Uh, there's more content, more things to pick from. Whereas a newspaper, you're completely limited by the amount of printable space and the font type, uh, font size, and whether or not there's graphics on the page. Oh Whereas with God, the internet, why don't you just put a sock in it? Fine, movable type, colored graphics <laughs> for the comics. Yeah. Oh my God, you poor, poor sod. Really? Right. But but the point is, is that uh, uh, like Dallin said, yeah, the, the 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 desire, the the addiction has always been there. We just have a better drug than we did before, and. Um, with my son as an example, um, he's a big fan of Pokemon Go. I play with him. We do other things as well. Um, and I, I, being the dutiful parent that I am, I let him play, but I make sure, you know, we're coming to a crosswalk or, you know, we're coming to a sidewalk that's a little bit thinner than the other, or it's turning. So the curb's up ahead, or we're going to be crossing the street and there is no available sidewalk at, at any location, you know, that phone screens off. It's in his pocket. He's paying attention because some of the sections of where I live around here, the people don't care if you're a kid and an adult or if you're even on a crosswalk. They just go. I, I mean, it sucks, but it's the reality of the, of, of the situation. Yeah. And he's getting a lot better at it. Good. And I couldn't be more proud of him for being, you know, making the effort where so many other kids are just kind of, you know, completely oblivious and adults too. Don't, don't let me, I've around here. It, it, I, I see more adult drivers staring at their cell phones while driving than the kids who just got their licenses. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, like I, I did a presentation in college my last year 
And I actually called Turn It Off. And it was a presentation about um, the influence uh, computers and, well, technology in, in general and the internet were having on that generation of kids. Now, keep in mind, this was back in 96. So we're going back a few years here. Um, but like I, I read an article about a computer camp that was going on in Toronto every summer. Basically, the U of T would open its doors to kids. And for a month out of the summer, they could come in and they would, uh, you know, supposedly learn how to use computers or, you know, learn to not, not so much, uh, program, but like how to do like, you know, formatting and stuff. And so, so the guy who wrote the article, he, he came into this camp and he asked the children to on their, on their computers to write for him what they thought the ideal computer would be. And so they all set to work and the stuff he got back from the, from the printer was, well, some of it was formatted beautifully. Like the presentation style was awesome. Um, but you know what they say about the package of shit wrapped in golden foil? <laughs> it's still a package of shit, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so while everything looked great and flowery, apparently the content absolutely blew chunks. Like I, I am talking to the point where my, uh, my high school English teacher probably would have had a stroke at that point. You know, I mean, and, and she could get apoplectic when, um, if you messed up, then she had the voice. Oh dear God. She had the voice. Mm. Uh, great, great lady. Just whatever you do, don't get on her bad side. <laughs> but, um, after reading that, I realized that, um, as technology becomes more and more prevalent in, in our society, and it, it, I'm repeating what a lot of people have said, it becomes recognized less as a tool and more as an extension of, of who we are. And I think that's where we are these days. And circling back, I could, you know, poo-poo this more and say, you know, well, it's just a computer. It's just the internet. Shujin, Joey. I met you two face to face for the first time eight years ago mm -hmm. because of this very kind of technology. I knew you guys as nothing more than, than voices on a show that I was invited to come on eight years ago when I was at a admittedly pretty low fricking point in my life, you know, just having been divorced, but that got me out to Pittsburgh that, that year. That got me out to actually meet you guys face to face to, to shake Shujin's hand, to punch Joey in the head. Um, among other <laughs> notes, no, he was asked to do so. Yes. True story. He was, I was asked to do so because, uh, the other person we were with at the time just couldn't, um, uh, he couldn't do it. But anyway, but beside that, um, I've had, I've made several, I've made lots of friends on the, on the net. Um, I've had one very serious relationship that started on the net and eventually transitioned to real life. And now I'm possibly having another. We'll find out in September. But um, yeah, I, I, like I said, I could 
I could shit on this medium and tell people that you don't go out and get a life, but I'm just as I'm probably the the last person that can tell you that because I probably have more friends online now, like actual friends, uh, than I do in meat space. And yeah. I do consider them real friends because I will say this more. I think it's because I've actually had vocal conversations with most of them. I think that's, that to me, I, th I think is um, more of a requirement. Like, yes, you, you can text type back and forth or whatever. Um, but I think if you actually, you know, go from a chat client to say Skype, Discord, um, team, team speak, whatever, where you actually make that connection, you know, e even if it's over voice for a little bit, I think that actually helps cement. Um, I think that helps cement the relationship. Yeah. It's a matter of going from uh, dealing with a Turing test to an actual personality for those of you that get that reference. And by the way, uh, joining us this morning and little little bit uh i was a little surprised that you were able to make it but glad you were able to from paris france good morning joseph good morning sir you doing okay over there yeah why did you guys start so early uh because we started on time <laughs> don't call him sir damn it it's not oh. my fault i'm trying to be nice to the guy i mean he just woke up I'm not talking to you oh what should i call him all right, so we're going to continue on <laughs> while I mute his microphone. Or I know, I know better than that. Uh, but myself. You, you do that. But uh, here's, here's why we spent so much time on all of these different pieces. That was the bunny trail that we just went through to really get to this. We know full well. We've heard it time and time again. Humans are social animals there's no two ways about it it's almost impossible to get away from that fact and the idea that anybody would say that just because you're typing to somebody who could be some could be literally an avatar of any kind or not as the case may be online that you know having having a personal repartee with these people just because they're just because they're a text name on a screen doesn't make it any less impactful for our feelings now uh by the way since irc was one of the things that was mentioned earlier and uh, i know that i'll get a little bit of a backup on this one uh bridget uh, i know for you're gonna laugh at this uh second life has basically been described as irc on acid because you get to see all of the people, whether you wanted to or not, in some form or other. <laughs> some, some, yeah, some interesting forms. <laughs> yes. Oh, most, uh, yeah, most assuredly, yes. Uh, yeah, when you oh, can look, that, that, that pokes people. Okay, interesting. Um, if people want to have some kind of ideas to uh what could what could people actually have avatars of um Swap anything <laughs> anything literally anything 
to, to give people an idea, um, I wanted I've to met... go into Second Life and visit uh, the Wednesday night uh, 80s bash for um, what was what's the group called again? Uh, the feline conspiracy, right? That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I didn't want to show up in a human avatar. I wanted to show up in something. I didn't know what to show up in. So I figured, well, everybody does the, from, from what I've seen, I can't say everybody from what I've seen, people tend to pick furry little animals, big furry animals, whatever. I was like, Hmm, I know. So I found me an avatar of a rhinoceros, and I found clothes for him that basically was a zoot suit, complete with, fe- <laughs> complete with fedora and Tommy gun. Nice. I showed up. <laughs> I stuck out like a sore thumb. And I got to see Sujin rocking the little DJ thing. And it, it was interesting. I mean, I still listen to the show. I have no desire to go back into Second Life or anything like that. And I, I my account still got the rhino and, and everything else. But you know, it it's 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 a, a it shows you that you can pretty much do whatever whatever the heck you want. And uh truth be told, uh a rhino in Second Life, that's tame and unimaginative. Trust me, after some of the stuff that I've seen, oh, uh, yes, oh, yeah. tame, I have no, no, no. I, okay, tame, yes. Um, a rhinoceros mobster with a t- complete with Tommy gun and but I would not call it unimaginative, and I would also call it very uncommon. Okay, because okay, y- fair enough. like you got to admit, a lot of the stuff that's out there that is, um, like like you said, you know, like we've all seen some shit. The, the trouble is, we've seen so much of it that it's almost becoming tropey these days. Yeah, I, I used to frequent the random section of 4chan. I have seen some shit. Yeah. Look, I'd like to think that at least when my rhino showed up, at least he looked a little bit classy. Well, that's the thing. Like, what was it last night after after the show that we did? I stuck around for a bit because um, uh, the person I was with, Karen, wanted to introduce me to some friends. Um. And they all showed up, and they all looked, well, let's just say, uh, for an overly muscular, blue, anthropomorphic tiger, I was probably the most normal-looking thing in the group. Because yeah. re- there was really nothing, like, I had, you know, jeans, shoes, well, boots, and a, and a muscle shirt. And, you know, everybody says, okay, we got pixie wings, we've got the anime look, we've got um, uh, something like a really perverted version of Cupid over there. You know, there was just all kinds of WTF. At which point, like I said, I looked around and went, Jesus Christ, I'm the most normal thing here, and I'm a cat. <laughs> you know, it's, it was just, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think um, I would never consider anything unimaginative unless you come in with the stock avatar. Okay. Okay, at that point, I right-click, check your profile, and I see how new you are. And if you are more than a year old and still stuck with that, you've been away for a while. Joey, go ahead and say whatever it is that you're going to say before I go ahead and and play. I was was just going to say, look, until you've had a conversation with a toaster. Oh, don't get me started. (laughs) A a toaster? I've been there. there. The guy had a freaking avatar that was just a toaster. (laughs) 
Yeah, I love and it. The, and the amount of the amount of tongue-in-cheek jokes that we let oh. pass between the two of us. I could just imagine. Based on the toaster thing. So were you uh were you grilling him about how long it took to build that avatar? I don't know oh. what, I don't know whether or not he built the avatar himself, but it was shiny. Yeah. I'm glad somebody got that one, by the way. No, the so, worst the worst one I saw was uh, I went to a Halloween party at some place and uh, one person's avatar was a tornado of furniture. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's like yeah. I I walked in with my avatar. I took one like yeah, screw it. I'm not entering the contest. Why? Because that's the winner. Yeah. Okay. Sounds so, like my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So here's 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 the point of it all. Yes, we're social, and yes, we have the newest the 3.0 version of what pen pals are these days, where you don't have to wait, you know, two weeks for a letter to get back with a little bit of stuff written down by hand. The point now is that with things like Second Life, with things like IRC, where you can type an entire description, or or like I said, Second Life, where you can build whatever whatever you want your avatar to uh, appear as, uh, or or uh, IMVU, which does almost the same damn thing, or, or you know, it, it could be a PUBG, for all I care. It could be anything. Any situation online, it doesn't ultimately matter what the presentation is. It doesn't matter what the visual representation is. We who have been online long enough, who have dealt with online chats, IRC, ICQ, typed, doesn't matter what it is, we have learned such an important piece about social skill. Completely ignore the description and listen to the content and the character of the person that you're speaking with. Yes, I have at least one, I uh, will at least one Tribble avatar in my collection, one of which is a Bizarro Tribble. So it's a cube. Shut up. It was, it was it was for a good cause. Uh, I've got one with uh, a dangly um, sensor bar underneath it because it was fun to do that. It doesn't hide anything. It just makes people go, uh, what? Because it's fun. And the most important part is actually speaking to and interacting with and learning from and bouncing ideas off of whoever these people are that you deal with on a consistent basis and just enjoy their company. And that's, that's really the piece that I was going to, you know, finally get us over steered over to. It didn't matter what the people on the other side of your pen pal exchange looked like. Yeah. You get a picture every once in a while, if you're lucky, but you dealt with the person that you were interacting with their personality like Dallin was saying the one person that you had the uh uh the interaction with where they sent over the the posters you got a pretty good indication of what kind of personality they had it, admittedly it might have been a little uh, off-putting 
but years later you could say that if they were young their heart was in the right place but really poorly executed yeah the 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 phrase all the subtlety of a brick to the face comes to mind <laughs> that works <laughs> that works i wouldn't have thought of that one in particular but you know, there it is but I'm using we, that one quite a bit it's, it's fair enough but i mean that's that's what it all comes down to even stuff that is without interaction per se like newspapers we read up about what's going on we're not exactly interacting with the paper or the the person that's writing the article but we get what they're trying to tell us at least and by that we kind of learn a little bit more and feel out what somebody's opinion might be especially if you're dealing with things like op-ed pieces and Dear Abby and, and Landers. Granted, they're dead now, but I mean, the originals. Don't get me started about Garfield. Just don't, 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 don't get me started. About At least back in the day when comics were a thing, uh, Newsday had something called Kids Day, where they had uh, Beekman. So Cartoon Beekman was good before it was on TV. Shut up. I, I know what I'm talking about. Joseph, since uh, since you got here a little bit late, um, I'm assuming that you've kind of gotten a, a feel for the where we're talking about with all this and human interaction and, and being social and such. Were there any kind of things that you had as far as to, uh, you know, a, as a youngster, like uh, a pen pal or email exchanges or, or something like that? Uh, no, actually, I'm pretty, uh, well, I'm not antisocial, but uh, let's just say I'm pretty, uh, uh, solitary. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, even with the, is, I mean, I, I can't even remember the last time I, I, I played a game, actually. Uh, I guess that means that we need to do uh, Cards Against Humanity again sometime soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's people like you who get me into doing things like that. Good. That's a positive thing. I'll take it that way. Mm. But uh, even with uh, even with guys who were doing stuff with uh, with CB radio or ham radio, or no, I'll I'll, I'll just use those examples it's an opportunity of just putting your voice out there and hoping somebody is listening. I mean, that's why in the, in ham radio, there is uh there is an abbreviation that's been agreed upon even in uh, using Morse code. The letters C is in Charlie Q is in Quebec, because if you say them together, it's seek you, I am seeking you. I'm seeking a contact. I'm putting my voice out there and hoping that somebody hears me and hoping that you will call me back. It's in the... French, in French, Q means ass. So I see Q. Um, yeah. You know, before AOL, well, you know what they say, the internet is an excellent messaging program. I'm sorry, tech, one more time. I said before AOL bought it out and destroyed it, ICQ was an excellent instant messaging program. 
I used it. It was like I could combine like every social media chat thing in existence, I think. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. Now, and that's... If we were going to talk about the... Now, it's one thing to talk about communication and, and, and groups and things like that. But I think there's an interesting topic if we, if we talk about the whole point of communication. Why do we do this? Well, like I said, uh, the 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 fact is that humans are social animals. Now, oh, why? The, the, uh, I was about to say. Now, the reason of the why to that, I know full well is super complicated, and a good portion of that is kind of physiological. You don't want the gray matter to kind of um, atrophy. I guess is one. Uh, I, I I don't know if I'm kind of taking creative liberty with the expression, or if it's more reality. So, okay, Mr. Wise Guy, what's the answer? Why? That's different for everybody. So that's great. So your answer is, you know what? Everybody's got their own answer. That's brilliant. Thank you ever <laughs> so much. Make it so much easier on the rest of us. <laughs> No, but it's, it's something to consider. It's something to talk about it because, like, your answer is just shows that it's not something that you've thought a lot about, so you don't have a ready prepared answer, which kind of proves my point. I think if we had this understanding, it, it would make communication between ourselves a lot easier. But um, I don't want to take this down a too serious road, but um, I do see. Um, trend going on um because you know you've got um i tend to categorize humans between two levels uh, people who know how to survive for themselves and people who depend on others for survival and between the two um the the the, the motive for communication is completely different because for people who don't know how to who aren't responsible for their own survival they have to imitate everybody else. So communication between people like this tends to be um, a confirmation fest. Oh, I'm the same as you. Oh, you're doing that. Okay, I'm doing the same as you. You're healthy. Okay, so everything's working. But people who know how to survive for themselves, people who think critically, they tend to communicate to exchange survival information. Like, you know, information useful for for survival uh well and it, it doesn't matter who's right or wrong about anything it's really funny because survived by imitators when they communicate it's super important whether one person is right or one person knows better um but between critical thinkers the communication tends to be um like nobody cares if you're right or wrong because the point of the communication is coming out of the conversation with the best information possible. And that's it. Sometimes so. Uh, there, There is also the... Uh, God, this is the cynic part of me. Mm -hmm. uh, I hate this part. Okay. Um, there are also those people who would be better at the survival game, but there is an aspect of that where not giving away the information, not sharing the information is beneficial for them or more beneficial because then 
they would be the the survivors where others might not be but you that's a fucking great point um because yeah that's that's how it works actually um society you've got a few critical thinkers taking advantage of a lot of non-critical thinkers and that's exactly what's going on wow um i i, th I thought he was actually gonna start debating <laughs> me i i was not expecting to suddenly be yeah you know what that's a fucking great that's a great point man holy shit all right now, but uh, who would do, who would do something like that? Who would use their their position as an advantage over somebody else, like any, um, consciously? Anybody who wanted to survive more than be helpful—that's at somebody else's expense, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. Wow. Uh, okay, so I, in other words, you don't need to run faster than the bear. Just faster than your friend. <laughs> yeah. Remember, it's the survival of the good enough. Yeah. I know I know we hear survival of the fittest a lot, but it's actually survival of the good enough. Good enough to replicate your genes, and then nature doesn't really kind of care about you after that. Yeah. Uh I can I can give you a perfect example of uh who that might who might be like that. Um we were picking up uh we were picking up salads for a uh a, a, of going over to a friend's house and we were having another festival of meat yes that's mm. what it's called officially it's the festival of meat for you know big big time barbecuing a lot of a lot of you get the idea anyway um and one of the things that i looked at was the section in the health and beauty aisle that was specifically labeled alternative healing. The price tags on some of these little vials of whatever fluid they were was what? in a single word obscene. Well, people are buying it, otherwise, they would stop. Yes, the, yes, they are. But if your point is to survive better than someone else without giving the information that you know, such as, I know full well that this sugar water will not have any appreciable effect on someone, but I will tell them that it cures all what ails them and take their money they have less funds i have more funds and ultimately it is a harm unto them because they no longer have correct information or the money for an, obs a, an obscene amount of money for a vial of water so basically you're doing evil yeah mm -hmm. um it depending as to Okay, I know that we're going to get into a whole big philosophical rigmarole about it, but as far as evil is concerned, doing detriment to some other person that doesn't need to be done for the sole use of bettering, bettering, bettering your own position or amassing more wealth through duplic duplicity that qualifies in my book as evil 
Mm-hmm. And that's a long way of saying, don't be a dick. Yeah. Anything that's detrimental to society. But take that thought, like what you've basically done is snake oil salesman. Um, yep. Like yeah. what you just described is pretty well every libertarian. Yeah. Um, uh, but tie uh, that tie that in with um, the fact that there were social creatures and that we have to live with other humans. Like, is that really compatible? Because, I mean, the result is going to be, um, well, that's a detriment. That sort of attitude is a detriment to society Okay, and bef- that you uh, live yeah, in. Yeah, Dallin, I'll, I'll, I'll get you in just a second here. Yeah. Uh, but I want to I go ahead and point out the fact that Joseph said, basically made a generalization about, uh, I forget exactly what the terminology was, all libertarians or, or that something to that effect. We are not painting a large brush on everybody in that particular frame. I it said was, typical. Well, that all, even, even so, well, I want to make sure that we understand we're not trying to paint a large brush on everybody. There, There is a reason why there is a stereotype out there. Don't be a don't be a bad stereotype for anything. I didn't have to say libertarianism. Um, well, I, I I know I know, but the, the, I I would have gone ahead and, and put that one out there anyway because um, stere- going too far into any one piece, I don't want anybody to think that we're trying to stereotype anybody in particular and and paint them in the wrong brush. And I'm just kind of rambling at this point. I shut up now, Dallin. Go ahead. Well, no, what Joseph said about snake oil salesman. Now, so where did that come from? You know, the, the charlatan, the, the art of the charlatan has been around since forever. You know, the, the fact that nowadays, you know, on TV, it's, you know, it's easier to get your message out these days. Um, and even after you've, even after you've been exposed for being the bald faced fake ass piece of douchebaggery shit that you are. Yes, Peter Popoff, I'm talking to you. They're still yeah. able to keep going because. It's, you know, um, the media is almost like a drug. You know, yeah, you know, you can call these people out and you disappear for a few years. Um, like, oh, Yuri Geller, the, the guy yep. that, um, um, yeah, the James he's, bad. <laughs> he's still going though, isn't he? Still pulling yeah. the same shit all, after all these years. So what did Randy do on like, on, on a real roundabout thing, he did nothing. He, he caused a speed bump in, in the guy's career. He's still going. Because, well, like P.T. Barnum said, there's a sucker born every minute. And, you know, if you can hold out long enough so that uh, people can forget, you know, and I mean the common person. I mean, people like us, we, we don't forget. <clears throat> people like, um, ah, hell, what was his name? Oh, he did a whole thing on Peter Popoff a long time ago. Um, oh Christ, I can't remember his name. Uh, but, you, uh, you mean uh, besides Randy? Yeah. Uh, no, this was a guy on YouTube. Uh, he did a whole bunch of stuff about it. Um, but like, we're I'm 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 going back as far as like Thunderfoot v Venom Fang X. I'm talking that time period. Oh, um, the DP- fun days. Yes, DPR Jones. That's who it was. Okay. Uh, he's been off YouTube for a while now. Um, but yeah, he uh, he tore Pop off apart, you know. And 
but you know, I, I go down to the States for a visit and I watch, I look on TV and who's selling the magic spirit water still. So, I mean, what really bothers me about these people is that, um, you know, to his followers, Popov's followers, um, Randy, he's just, he's, he's the bad person. He's, he's a shouter. He's noisy. Yeah. He's like all sorts of adjectives. And, um, you know, that says something about the following. And I think, I really think the following is not the source of the problem, but, um, the, the, the reason the situation exists is state of credulity. And I think this has no reason to exist in, in modern society. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, I think that's something that we should really probably see about drilling down uh, to kind of pull this all together at this point, because uh, as, as much as, as much as being social creatures is a help to us in general, that we are less fearful of the people who are not exactly like us, that speak differently, that, go to sleep in different places, have different skin tone, different hair, whatever. Um, the point, the idea that there are people who will utilize, who will pervert, who will manipulate that social, that social cohesiveness, that social trust. I think that's probably a better way of putting it. The social trust for their own dare I say evil benefit and I'm and again I'm using the whole idea of what was said before how there are these guys that will sell whatever uh, a timeshare in a, a timeshare in heaven but you only get it after you've paid enough and after you die and of course you know no takesy backsies on the, on the on the money because you know I, I think there should be a distinction made, though, because like this, the end result is evil. But often the person making the sales pitch, um, they're not conscious of the end result. Um, they may be just as much a believer as um, as the following. Okay, and I think it's now, really important to to make that distinction when you're when you're targeting somebody. Okay, okay, let's 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 be clear about this. Knowingly knowingly stating false information with the with the intent of duping someone mm. of manipulating of 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 what's the best way of putting it of of using your social standing in a group in order but to it's a survival you have a survival advantage that others don't you have you know you know how to make your own value judgments and you're abusing that over other people who don't, who depend on you actually for making those decisions for them. It's taking advantage of their dependence on other humans for their survival. I, I'm sorry. I'm taking that down to a level, maybe a little deeper than most people are used to talking to, no, but, that, that's, but I mean, I, through my studies, like even into neuroscience, I, you know, Often I find that humans, we, we tend to react and rationalize our reactions without really understanding why we reacted that way. And, you know, that's one of the main survival is one of the main motivators in almost everything we do. I mean, 
if it wasn't good for our own survival, we wouldn't do it. Even scratching our nose applies there. Yeah, the, the problem that I've run into with this is, I mean, being social, being social creatures over the millennia has led to amazing, uh, um, amazing things culturally that have come out of it. I mean, the at this point, we have cities that run on invisible power that allow communication over invisible lines of force that you know that it's it's magic as oh. the expression goes you know any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable for magic for science it was amazing i mean the progress you can get science is basically building on all your predecessors backs <laughs> so with the communication aspect yeah you can find out what progress uh, doctors on the other side of the world have been like i mean even working uh with i've been working with biology doctors uh translating papers um and just to see how that goes on um everybody's aware of every other country's progress in any given field yep there is that uh let me let me give you a perfect uh, a great example of how this has got two sides that can that can work out well and bridget i need you on this one okay let's 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 go with this one uh from the i've communicated a great idea that seems to work in the medical community one name dr stalk 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 jonas salk salk thank you i couldn't i couldn't say his name for the hell of he did he communicated and it was an ultimate good. Agreed? Yes. Okay. Now, we go on to the idea of he took information that he had gained, that had been shared with him, that came along, and he was able to put stuff together from other pieces. Now, it's entirely possible other people work on similar stuff, but he got the job done. And he got the credit for it, and ultimately he put all the word out there of what he did and what he discovered and what he was able to manage, and it was an incalculable good for society. Maybe some people don't know who Salk is. Fine. Then we'll go <laughs> ahead and we'll have her tell. Go ahead. You know the name and you don't even know what the hell it did, right? Yes, I, I, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. You don't have to whisper, too. I don't have to whisper. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have the anti-vaxxers today. All right. If it weren't for him, we would still have all these kids in this country having to sit in iron lungs and not being able to go about normal functions like walking and breathing and things like that yeah most kids are very very high on that whole breathing thing i don't, I don't get it personally but yeah whatever and iron lungs are very very expensive i can't um, imagine why but i mean because of him we don't have problems with polio in this country you know but i do suspect it may make a resurgence at some point due to anti-vaxxers and some people in other countries are still afraid of the polio vaccine. Yep. Um, 
yeah that could be a problem later okay so using that because because i was going to go with that the anti-vaxxers have used somebody else who took information collected it and put it out there but there was a problem with all of that information wasn't there he was a fraud and people started buying into these vaccines kill people because there's a conspiracy to put all this crap in there and you know mind control and um trying to try to think what else mercury yeah mercury Autism. and uh whatever that's pronounced the yeah, marisol the marisol yay uh, causes, i got one that you didn't yeah. Get. <laughs> uh, yeah it causes autism and um and as far as my understanding some of the anti-vaxxers have also made their way up to our friends at northern canada yeah um and some people refusing vaccines up there as well and herd immunity is very very important we're losing that well and um I have more of a stake in this than all of you's because I don't have a spleen anymore. Mm. Ah. Uh, so yes, I've, I've had, I have been vaccinated and will have to be vaccinated on one particular one every five years for the rest of my life. But I am still going to be relying very hard on the herd, shall we say, mm -hmm. uh, to yes. keep me from, um, you know, from succumbing to some of the stuff that's out there. So for every anti-vaxxer who keeps their kids away from, you know, those, those evil, evil autism needles, because, you know, Dr. Wakefield says so that debunked piece of human garbage. Um, that means that people like me, um, our percentage of actually staying healthy goes down collectively. Mm -hmm. Um, now, for, for people with bolstered immune systems, I mean, yeah, they're at risk too, make no mistake. It's just that, you know, I'm part of the group of people now that I need your guys' help through your collective immunity to make sure that I don't end up in, you know, in a, in a bad situation. And, you know, I guess this is the downside of, you know, media and, and creating, you know, so-called friends on, on Facebook and stuff like that is that these wackaloons are able to get their word out there. And the worst part is, is that people believe them. I've read some things from these anti-vaxxers mm -hmm. and it's like, like, do you read what you've typed? Is this you are, are you honestly that damaged in the head? that you actually believe the tribe you've just put out. And I'm talking, these people are Alex Jones level of convict. They have an Alex Jones level of conviction in their words. It is incredible at, at how they, well, first how aggressive they are in their assertions, but also just like, how do you live? How do you even exist day by day when you when you're able to put out stuff like that? Yeah, uh, as a matter of fact, Bridget, let me let me let me take that and and put it to you in this context. We have we have the ability now of determining and detecting 
autism autism spectrum mm-hmm. i i forget exactly what the what the right terminology is but i i, th- I think you know where i'm going on this spectrum disorder. okay mm-hmm. and families new parents will go grabbing for any possible explanation because of the idea of personal guilt for a genetic dice roll that they had no way of doing anything about and they're willing to grab onto pretty much anything that absolves them of any guilt is that not exactly what the anti-vax thing can just go ahead and do give absolution for these people for the genetic die roll that came up snake eyes well uh, i think they're looking for a replacement of what used to be blamed uh, for causing autism in the 70s before we knew about all the you know genetic contributions and and that was what they referred to as you know a, a frigid mother um, you know, somehow abusing the child and being, you know, withholding affection from the child, and that would cause autism. That's what they thought in the 70s. And so mothers pretty much got blamed for causing it. And so I think now they're turning towards the vaccine excuse when it's really nothing to do with, you know, the parents at all. Are you sure about that? Do they know what autism is? Nobody knows what autism is. Or its causes. Well, um, it's it's not from being abused. And it's not from vaccines. Yeah. Well, there's no they, consensus on it. That's what I should say. Uh, d- depending on the, they have figured out the biological cause of autism with the the genetic structures, DNA, things like that, and and when it's occurring in, in development. Yeah, they they've actually been able to figure out that it's not a drug that's causing autism. It's a change in genetics or it's a twist in the DNA when everything is still forming that's causing the autism. That um, that there's no possible way for the, um, the, the injections to cause this because people aren't getting, the, the babies aren't getting them at that stage because they're not even babies yet. You know, I hear, I hear, I hear things like this, but then I hear also commentaries. Like I was listening to, um, well, not to plug anybody. Uh, well, I was listening to a podcast, um, and uh, there was this uh, neuroscientist on, um, and she was talking about autism, and she says, "Well, if you want to see people on the autism spectrum, well, MIT is, MIT's halls are filled with them." Uh, well, I'm talking about full onset autism where there is some massive things going on and they were showing that it's occurring way 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 early in early development before I mean, the baby's baby. my my point being is that uh, not only um we don't know what causes it we don't even know what it is there's no single definition for it well it seems to be an umbrella term for a lot of things well, oh, okay, let's let's hold on to that a second because uh, Bridget, I, I I would assume that you not you're not exactly versed on uh, 
on autism diagnoses and and what is what what covers what causes i i would assume correct uh i'm not but okay. what i can say is it's on a spectrum um you have some people who have like asperger syndrome which is now thought to be on that spectrum of autism um you know those people can still function very well in society but they may have problems with reading facial expressions or uh, doing well in job interviews because they can't quote unquote read people. And then you have other people with autism that are profoundly uh, disabled to the point where they can't function at all. Okay. So it's, it's safe to say that what autism is or isn't, isn't one that we can really give an explanation to at least uh, us here being mostly lay people, but um, saying that we don't know what it is isn't entirely accurate. There, there are there are definitely shades about it that are very, uh, very tricky and not well understood. But there are other parts of it that do seem to be um, typified. I guess is probably the best way that I can describe it. It can be categorized. Uh, would that, Joseph, would that would that sound fair enough for you for right now? Knowing full well that we're not going to get into like a, a deep dive into that. No, and then I'm not looking for any definite, I'm not asking for any definite conclusion right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just making right. a point that it seems to be up in the air. Well, what I was reading didn't say, um, okay, so you know, so-and-so with such and such genetics, if they have such and such lineage, they're going to get autism. You know, it wasn't anything like that. What it was is that um, they know that the autism, uh, it's its genetically, uh, re- uh, the causes of it are genetically related that, you know, if you have a set of twins, right, um, genetic twins, and one has autism, there is a very high probability that the other twin will have autism too, uh, much more so than fraternal twins would be. If you want to, if you want to make that even more complicated, you've also got gene expression, because you've got certain genes that can be present in the in the right. uh, in the genome. But the point is, is that they are they aren't activated. The, the the main point of the whole paper was, is that these are things that are predetermined when everything is forming. This is not something that oh, uh, if so and so gets their gives their their child. Um, the vaccine for measles, their DNA is going to go and they're going to have autism. This is long before those vaccinations hit. Yeah, I I think what we're trying to get at is that anything that happens to cause that is, you know, prenatal. It's not due to an uh, external cause, you know, uh, that happens to the child after it's born. And see, the, uh, the, the, the funny part is, is that, uh, you know, there's going to be people out there, or at least I speculate that there's going to be people out there going to go, well, obviously the mother had uh, vaccinations, so therefore the child had autism. Really, asshole? So how about about the uh, parents that didn't get vaccinated and still wound up with having children with autism? Huh? Go ahead. Riddle me that, asshole. Let's, uh, we're getting pretty close into... Uh... Well, we're... I'm sorry. My nope. I, I have a relative who is spectrum disorder, and whenever I hear some mother 
talk about vaccines. I just want to reach out no. and bitch slap. No, I, I understand. Uh, I, and if I, I miss, you come back with the alternate swing for the reverse bitch, bitch slap. No, I, I get you. I get you. Um, that really wasn't where I was planning on going down on this one. <laughs> but, uh, um, I guess uh, I guess the piece that I really wanted to um, that I really wanted to kind of tie this all together with is uh, just real quickly that um, we want to be in a word normal. We all want to be just normal. That's another rabbit hole. Yeah, <laughs> but. <laughs> But what I'm what I mean by that is we want to be part of the larger. We want to be part of the social structure. We don't want to be on the we don't want to be left out. There there are of course the pieces where people want to be the star of their own story and and I get that, but we at least don't want to be completely left out of societal grouping. Yeah. I just want to be understood. Well, if you'd stop speaking that frog language, it would be so much easier on the rest of us. No, I understand. I'm just fine. You must be an American thing. What are you calling frog language? Let it go. It's because (laughs) we're in France. (laughs) Okay, the fact that I caught it on three quarters of that scares me. <laughs> I haven't looked at French in over 30 years. You're Canadian. I don't know. You 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 have a hard enough time trying to speak Norwegian. Don't even give me crap about French too now, man. Hey, if okay, my my inability to speak Norwegian was actually a couple of poor life choices when I was younger. Uh, because I had two tutors who were more than willing if I'd only shown an interest. Yeah. Well, Much to my personal detriment nowadays. I mean, but I mean, hindsight's pretty 2020 on that one. Yeah. Well, theoretically, you would think that at this point I should be able to speak uh, English, a smattering of uh, spattering of Spanish, which I can still kind of pick up every once in a while. Uh, Italian. I should still, I do still remember a little bit of uh, Japanese, just a little, little yeah. scotchy. Yeah. That was actually one thing I found very interesting. Um, going way off the rails here, but you mentioned Japanese. And Netflix recently has done a reboot of Voltron. I'm going somewhere with this. Again? Uh, yeah, they actually did a pretty good job of it. They really fleshed out the story. Okay. Uh, but what I found interesting was that the Black Lion pilot in this iteration was a guy by the name of Shiro, which is Japanese for white. Right. <laughs> is anyone else choking on the irony here? <laughs> it, you know, considering... At least you know they have a sense of humor. <laughs> yes, yes. And and in Japanese culture, it, it, it does not at all surprise me that something like that would uh, would come to be. I mean, well, let's face uh, it. Uh, I mean, let's face it. On, uh, on Speed Racer... The Mach Five, um, mm-hmm. yeah, Go Speed Racer. Yeah. Go is the number five in Japanese. Ichi ni san shi, 
go. Interesting. I, I, I know. I, I shouldn't use she for four. I know. That's that's a bad luck thing. But that, if, I say, if I say to you 3939 three, nine, very much. I don't. I, I, domo, domo? No. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Not happening. Three, anyway, we're obviously three, all tired at this point. Yes, pretty, pretty much. And uh, and yeah, for what it's worth, fun, but the, the three nine in Japanese. Uh, anyways, I I have a hard enough time getting past the number five, and I can only do it by rote at this point. So that's that's yeah. that's all I get. I can't even I can't even do five to zero. So anytime there's a countdown for something, I'm screwed. I, just, I don't I don't know. And count anyway. above uh, for anything above twenty in Japanese is kind of crazy as i understood it that kind of gets the same way in the in the 60s but in french but that's that's a whole other thing for later and decimals <laughs> that's really fun yeah french counting is interesting uh german counting is very interesting um as i recall uh yeah i can't get much past um i, I can't get much past 10 at this point but so we will not have you doing head count at your friends anytime soon. Okay, good. Good to know. That's that's good. Was there uh rest of the guys at this point? Um, was there anything that you guys wanted to uh, finish dropping in at this point before we go ahead and close up shop? Because uh, I I think I pretty well said my piece. I don't know if anybody's got something else that they wanted to wrap with. I'm good. No, I got nothing. I got a lovely bunch of coconuts. You're, you've got a little mute button over your head. Oh, no. <laughs> no, he does. It's right here. Yeah. yeah I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll only thing that I have, and this is probably going to seem random, but uh, something that I just ran across on the internet. Thank goodness, because I love the internet. Uh, one of our mayors in Indiana had used an app to meet his uh, future husband a couple of years ago. And they had like long distance internet dates drinking beer, you know, FaceTime on, on a webcam and got married last month. Which I thought was way cool. And he's mayor of a very small town, uh, about a hundred thousand people, and you know, his problem was okay. If I'm gay, how do I find someone to date near South Bend, Indiana? That's okay, and not looking just for a hookup before a long-term relationship. And Mayor Pete is way cool. You'll probably be hearing more about him, and he may end up being uh, making a run for president in 2020. Better hurry up before Joey and I decide to go ahead and do it. Um, well, it would be really cool. I was uh, going to say, at, at this point, huge, and I, I think um, the Democrats are looking for anybody because I'll be perfectly honest, and I've said this before, um, I'm not seeing any stars right now on that side of the fence. I'm not seeing any showstoppers, nobody with any kind of charisma that I've seen yet. There you go. <laughs> okay. Read that. Uh, <laughs> All right, I'll see by adding that to the show notes. But, but uh, Dallin, as far as uh, as far as that all is concerned, I know. Yeah, I know. 
I mean, <laughs> it's, yeah. it, I've known it, him on your repeat since like 2008. You would love yeah. him. Yeah. Very charismatic, good looking, very progressive. Yeah. yeah. Piece at a time. Um, actually, there is uh, there's one thing that uh, I just suddenly remembered about really quickly. When I was still living on Long Island, working at the working at the drugstore, there was a ten dollar bill that came past me that had somebody's name and address and an askance to write me. And I did. I actually wrote this young lady a couple of letters over the course of two years ish. Turned out she passed away about a year, year and a half or so ago. And she still had those letters. Mom came up a couple of weeks back, got in touch with me on Facebook and said, are you the person and rattled off pieces of information. Uh, yeah, it's a little creepy, but yeah, that's that's me. You would be surprised how people will end up getting contacts sometimes. You can write your address on a bill. You can put it out there on the electronic forums. And before anybody goes ahead and says that technology is ruining these possibilities of making friends. How many times have you heard about people that found a note in a bottle thrown overboard? We've been doing it for a long time. The only thing that's changed is the medium, man. We're still putting out our word and trying to talk to people. So with that, I think that's pretty well everything that we've got to talk about for the time being. So as always, thanks for being with us, everybody. Hope that you had yourself a good time listening to what we've got to talk about and found something worthwhile in all of our perspectives. All of you guys over there in the chat, uh, I have been trying to keep track of what's been going on. Uh, there are a number of things that I'm trying to digest mostly because I'm having a little bit of a hard time running through it all, but thank you guys for being with us. Uh, Stephanie, Trippin, Roxy, I know that you were there for a while. Uh, Katya, uh, Felis, who had a, another piece of information about uh, the FCC regs that said that uh, skip condition is now um, apparently legal. I would have otherwise said, well, pfft, like I'm going to remember that. Well, apparently that was uh, just last year. And I did not realize it because uh, I didn't know about it. So I learned something tonight. Go me. Uh, I'm going with that. So uh, I hope I didn't miss anybody. But uh, if I did miss you over there in, in the live chat, I'm, I'm sorry. Just chime in and say, hey, me. So I will get to you because it's worth it. So let me say goodnight for everybody. Joseph. Thank you very kindly, man. I'm glad you were able to make it, and I hope that uh, the rest of your week goes well for you at this point. Yeah, I'm sorry I'm late. Um, it's the last, uh, as we say in French, ligne droit for my renovations. I just have the counter to deal with. Um, yeah, that's it. No worries. Just take care of yourself, man, huh? Yeah, you too. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm Renaud Tech. 
Um, what can I say? Uh, if you guys can change the locks uh, over there, that would be great. Uh, see, the, the problem with changing the locks is that uh, people like that tend to ignore the things like legal things like locks and the law and, you know, they'll just plow through anyway, you know, and pardon themselves later. Fair enough. Uh, speaking of locks really quickly, uh, did you see the uh, the Trump Dalek that's going around in London? Yeah, by- that was hilarious. That was hilarious. <laughs> I love that. That in the blow up baby Trump that's having like a breakdown with the little cell phone in its hand and the diaper. Yeah. Oh God! And here's the really funny part about the blow up, uh, the little bl- the big balloon thing. When Trump was apparently approached about the balloon, he said he didn't care, or, or that's not his exact words, but basically how he's not bothered. Well, when he got there and they started flying the balloon, he publicly s- stated that he felt like they didn't want him there. <laughs> really? No shit! <laughs> wow! Something got through. Holy shit. We need to find all the people that got that together and like sit them down and make him make those people his counsel because apparently they did something and said they were able to get through. Yeah, and the reason for that Without is his ego or his hair. Yep. Um and uh, I'm I'm sure Stephanie will chime in on this because she's saying uh HuffPo had a glorious article showing the funniest signs. I'm sure that uh, she will agree that English folks are the most glorious when it comes to putting people down that richly deserve it. So with that, um, Tech, thank you very much, man. I'm glad I was able to let you go out with a smile tonight. How's that? (laughs) There you go. Joey. It's about that time, man. Almost time for you to go back to sleep. Yeah. Thanks for being able to be up when. Well, you know, could always have the fun of a British drive-by. Oh, Reginald! Mm-hmm. I disagree! <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not an Amish drive-by. Clop, 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 clop. Bang, bang, bang! Clop, 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 clop. You completely missed the joke no. there. No, and um, Joey, if uh, if if I'm able to find a way of swinging it your way, I will have to find you a copy of Oh Sir. <laughs> you know what I speak of. I'm pretty sure that I do. Thank you. Some some somebody do me a favor and, and put in our in our notes that I, I need to put Oh Sir in there because I'm I'm busy otherwise typing but thanks man you have yourself a good morning i make no promises but hey i'm here mm-hmm. whatever the hell bridget thanks thanks ever so much i hope you had yourself a good morning oh i i will i will and i guess this is where i'm supposed to plug my blog huh <laughs> well you've got a choice either you do it or i do it and do you know what DJ rule number zero is? <laughs> Don't piss off the DJ. I think. Uh, no, no. no. DJ is a dick. Oh, DJ is a dick. That's right. I keep forgetting that. Um, yes, you can uh, find my blog at rigidfitch2112.wordpress.com. 
or you can send me a friend request on Facebook under uh, Richard Fitch. Thank you. So, Dallin, it's about that time. Yes, indeed. And of course, yeah, no, glad to be here as always. And yeah, <laughs> the, uh, for what it's worth, yeah. I miss you. Yeah. Maybe sometime I'll find my way back out there again. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, Preferably when you're not working. Yeah. Well, the dynamic has changed. Uh, my job has undergone a bit of a transition, if you will. Um, new skills, new projects, new potential. Um, planning system is a whole lot different where I actually might be able to see a lot Thing, uh, things a lot more in the long term so that I can actually plan ahead a lot more without uh, suddenly, oh, yeah, get your ass on a plane. You're going here for the next two weeks. But I had, no, no, I know you had vacation, but too bad. Apparently that's going to be gone now. So good. Uh, anyways, as for me, um, I'm, of course, the curator of the audio version of this show over at holycrapthevlogcast.com, which is surprisingly up to date for a change. <laughs> Yes, my, my bandwidth um, suffered under that one. I could well imagine. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And um, if I have any other consciousness streams that I don't talk about on here, you can always catch me over at inthewind.yo5.ca. Thank you, man. Um, and uh, Stephanie is uh, putting a thing over here. Uh, not our cup of tea is the mildest put down that's been seen so far. Um <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, homeboy's not doing himself any favors with his uh, with his methodologies right now. In uh, w when he's going overseas, yeah, um, um, you, uh, I may get some. I may get some grief for this one, but uh, Stephanie, you get, Steph, hang on a second, Stephanie. By the way, just just between you and me. Um, I think it would have been much, much funnier if it had said, not our cup of pee. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Take that one under advisement for later. Just That's reaching. Let it, let it, That's really, really reaching. Well, I don't. Brits can definitely throw shade like no one else. That's true. Nope. Yes, they, they, they do have a way of, um, well, you think about it. Um, they've had the royalty there forever. And I would wager that, um, well, I mean, that's where they sharpen their skills. I mean, they've got um, a lot of the sort of rabble rouser types. They've got no time for the, for the house of Windsor. Um, I remember a band, uh, made a song about Sarah Ferguson, the Duchess of York before she uh, married the guy, um, was not very flattering. Um, you know, so there's, like I said, they, they've had, there's basically a bunch of buildings in, in England that are basic meme fodder for these people. Yep. Yeah. So to them, it, you know, it, it's just, you know, um, oh, Trump's coming. Yeah. Hold my lager, basically. You know, I, I respect them. They're, they're, they're quick of wit, but their beer sucks. They're, uh, I will tell you this. There is one, there's one sign that I saw 
that I absolutely adored. And and I'll, I'll do this one quick and we'll get the hell out of here. It said, all in all, you're just a, another prick with no wall. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. And I am someone who has a real hard time with Pink Floyd. We've talked about that, but that's a whole other thing for later. And even I think, Mwah! well done. Excellently well done. I'd love to know what Mr. Waters has to think about that one. Maybe we'll find out later. I, I am thinking of the right guy, right? Yeah. Is, is Waters good? One for me. Yay. So if you would like to be in touch with us, please, of course, as was mentioned, take a swing over to holycrapthevlogcast.com and you can subscribe to the audio generation. You got all of our social links over there. If you'd like to send a voicemail message, the phone number is 859-HCTV-554, 859-4288-554. And if you'd like to go ahead and donate to the show for whatever reason, patreon.com slash hctv because I got lucky on that one, and, and that's just the way it's going to work out. You guys have yourselves a good week. We will be back next week, God willing, for Spaceballs 2, the search for more cash. And uh, with any luck, I will have a uh, notice before Friday night to let you know what's going to be going on, because I, I don't know yet what I'm going to do. I'm working on it. I'm really working on it. Most of all, it was good to have a visit with everybody. It's good to be back. You all take very good care of yourselves. We'll be looking forward to seeing you again next week. Until that time, of course, as always, I wish you the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. And of course, my lady, 13 plus years on, I am still in love. Anthony Fujin, I love you. I miss you. Dream of me. As always, until the next time we get together, everyone. Good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment on the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Google Plus pages. Theme music provided by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. On behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening.